You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Fire Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona. With me always are my good friends, Jay from the hills of Texas. And AK Mike in Texas. And before we get started with tonight's show, we're going to give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we actually got a, a jingle suggestion. Feeling weak and powerless? Sounds to me like you need A-Power batteries. When someone needs the best, they always choose the AT. A-Power batteries. Get on the web and get yours today. A power batteries. You want reliability and power? Give Jason a call over there. Use our Parkfire podcast code PFPC10 and tell them that we sent you. Also, 3D Hobby. Uh, I'm sorry, 3D Arrow Adventures. 3D uh, is also Aero a sponsor. Adventure. Oops. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And uh, anyway, if you would like a, a beautiful 3D-printed aircraft, head over to 3D Aero Ventures, download uh, one of their tests, and see if you can uh, 3D print it on your printer, and download a plan. Use uh, Park Flyer as your code, and uh, give them a shout. Tell them we sent you over. So I will tell you that uh, thanks to Nick Turner, he uh, jumped out and uh, sent us a uh, voice message on our phone number, 830 444 Four nine four three gave us a heads up on the A Power jingle. So, uh, if you have something that uh, you think will work, uh, give us a buzz and let us know. Uh, we uh, appreciate Mike, don't it. forget about Susie. How she reached out to us. Yes. and told us about our car warranty. That is uh, true. Susie did reach out to us. Uh, she's in the vehicle department and uh, gave us a couple of options on our warranties of our vehicles. So we appreciate her. So we we bought one of those right away because we, we didn't did. want to expire. <laughs> we did. We told her to call us back uh, at any other convenient time. Our number's getting popular. And, uh, I like that. It is getting popular. <laughs> uh, Steve what's that, actually. What's that number again, Mike? Uh, the number's three uh, 830-444-4943. Uh, oh, shout out to Steve as well. Uh, Steve actually reached out to us and said he was uh, on the Hadron. He was doing the 4S or the No S. I think the last time we uh, had the podcast, we were talking about that. But uh, anyway, he said that he's uh, finally got it uh, figured out. So uh, we congratulate Steve. He is headed down to the Neat Fair, uh, or headed up to the Neat Fair, I guess, and it's in upstate New York. And uh, we are looking forward, I think, when he gets back to have him on the podcast. So That's neat. Yeah. So uh, I- I'm interested to hear how that went, and especially in this uh, particular. What? Mike didn't get the joke. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's neat. He's going to need. Yeah, I got it. Uh, it's going to need. That's neat. Yeah. Okay, I got yeah. it. Anyway. Yeah, we got to add a rim shot somewhere. Yes, we do have to do that. We're, I think we've got enough of those, but Jay can figure that out. Well, we uh, also have to uh, thank Jay for filling in in his five minutes of fame. Uh, he kind of got left ha- uh, sta- stranded. Um, just really quick, what happened is uh, I you know, obviously fly for a living, and, and I uh, was overseas in Korea. We uh, were headed out uh, for us to be home and uh, encountered a lightning strike on the airplane. So we had to actually do an air turn back and uh, head back to where we just came from. And uh, due to the fact that we're in a foreign country, uh, that was uh, quite the experience because they – they they released us. Go fly, be free, go to the next place, and then we turned around and came back. And they're like, "Whoa, where did you We've guys? Never come seen from? you before no. in our lives. Who are you? Where did that plane? You would come have from? thought that. Yeah. So we had to uh, go through customs once, and then we had to sit around for an hour, you know, waiting for them to dig up paperwork on why we just dropped out of the sky onto these guys, and then we had to go to another well, area and some other. Area. I mean, it's pretty obvious that you took that lightning strike on purpose. <laughs> yes, we I mean, uh, we we specifically looked for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the good news is, I mean, you know, it didn't it didn't really hinder us, other than the fact that anytime you get a lightning strike in a large aircraft like that, um, it can affect systems. So rather than continue on, we uh, talked to our company, and they said, "Yeah, we needed to go back and have it look." Well, at it, it, so you, you, as you were uh, smelling burned rubber, you were like, "Hmm, I wonder." Well, uh, we, burnt fiberglass. Should, should we just keep flying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. 
It. You are correct. I will tell you that uh, in my career. I'm sure the wires career, are fine. <laughs> yes, they are. I smell like somebody's let the blue smoke no, the out. The wires are fine. <laughs> I, I mean, that, when I fly my airplanes and they smell funny, I still fly them. Uh-huh. That's right. You just keep flying? Yeah. Yeah, well, why not? So, so not, luckily, the magic smoke why. did not dissipate within your airplane, and you were able to get back. <laughs> I mean, that, that whole conversation just I sounded know, right. so much so air. Like, oh yes, we encountered I encountered an air, uh, you know, a lightning storm, and you know, had a had an electrical discharge strike our plane. So we turned around <laughs> and came right back. As opposed to, I saw the whole well, thing. I was flying the plane. There was a flash of light. There was a loud noise. I couldn't hear nothing. And my, I, I was deafened by the sound of the thunder. And I said. I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> and I said, and I said, uh, expletive. And then I kind of had to clean my shirt. Luckily, I would depend when I fly. That out. Man, oh my god, you are lousy telling See the story. What I have to deal with. Well, unfortunately, uh, it put me overseas for another you know day or two because it. I'm behind the international dateline, and so and we were actually leaving the in the future, and now now it put me back way too late. So uh, as a result, oh, and then to make matters worse, I, I got home, you know, almost a full day and a half late. And I, of course, I, I land in Dallas because that's where the flight, uh, uh, you know, ends. And I hopped on a flight to come back to Phoenix. And uh, we got all the way to El Paso and Albuquerque Center caught fire. They vacated the whole building, shut down the entire air traffic control system. What? We had to turn around and go all the way back to Dallas. What? So oh it was God. not my day. Dude, <laughs> I, now that I don't understand because, I mean, you know, for the most part, they already got you halfway there. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, yeah, why you're up at altitude or something. Pretty much you're separated. Odds are you aren't going to well, smack into was, each other. I know, other. You're I know what you're picked saying. picked up by somebody else by the time you get there. I, I, I don't get it. Well, so the sector, Albuquerque Center, is fairly large. It, it actually covers from about El Paso, Texas, all the way to Los Angeles, basically. And Phoenix is obviously in the middle of that. And, and it covers up to, to almost to Salt Lake. So Albuquerque, when we got to that point, there was no one to hand us off to because their building had caught fire and they vacated the building. So when the controller was trying to get in touch with Albuquerque Center, there's nobody there. And he doesn't have the authority to just release me into space that's not covered. So I wasn't flying the airplane, but I was, you know, with the guys. And so then we kind of, we didn't have enough fuel to hold, which is what they would have normally done. We were VFR or, you know, it was clear in a million. So we had to turn around to Dallas, go get gas. And then they finally got the solution. And so we got to Phoenix, you know, two or three hours late. So how many evil stairs did you get when people were getting off the plane? Like um, you caused it. No, no. I think everybody understood. It was, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It was. It, it had nothing to do with us. It was the fire on the ground. Well, I know that, know. and you know that, but not everybody in the back yeah, knows the that. Angry Karen well, no, they made the, the announcement. <laughs> no, they, yeah, the Karen. They made the announcement. So everybody, I mean, I, I was actually in the back. So when they made the announcement, I kind of understood what was going on. I will tell you that, you know, I was in my uniform attire. So everybody kind of looked at me like, what's going on? And. I was able to ex- kind of explain what was what was happening. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of people, if they had questions, you know, the flight attendants were like, they came to me and they go, what's going on? We're and going so down. To them, <laughs> no, What, what no, you just no. heard was code. There's a terrorist on the That's plane. That's code for we're going down. <laughs> now, don't say that. No. Uh, so anyway, uh, that, that took me out of our normal recording. I was supposed to be back in time to record. And as a result, I was multiple days late. And, you know, the unfortunate thing about flying overseas and uh, long hauls, long haul uh, flights like that is that if something goes wrong, it can lead to an extra two or, you know, one, two or three days, whatever goes on. So, uh, I, I kind of just, I was in the air and in the airport and I couldn't tell Jay, Hey, I'm not going to be there until I actually got into a position where I had, you know, wireless service and could do that. And then, uh, you were, uh, AK Mike, you were, up in Alaska, I think, for the some of that time too, right? I so, was, I was. So you and when were, I got uh, back, I, I went on vacation. Yeah, so <laughs> he was gone, and uh, and I think Jay was looking at the calendar, going, "Well, we're normally doing this." And when he got my email, I think he just was like, "Ooh." <laughs> well, the good news is, though, several people did step up and say, "Hey," they gave us permission to give him a call on uh, two minutes' notice and say, "Hey, you're going to be on the podcast. Uh, put your hat on and uh, get out of bed. Put your, you know." <laughs> Put your clothes on. 
Get some pants. Yeah, on. I know it's two a.m. That's that's not the problem. <laughs> I know it's two a.m. in in New York, Steve. And you have and you have little children on. and stuff. That shouldn't <laughs> that's right, matter, Nick. Well, we do appreciate everyone stepping up, and uh, our Facebook page uh, got you know a, a bunch of uh, positive. You know, hey, look, if you have a solo, Philip and the rest of those guys, they they all reached out to us and said they were willing to help. So we're interested in that, and uh, we've got you on the list here. I got you kind of written down, and uh, we are excited to to try and get you guys out and hear what you have to say as well. We appreciate you calling our number at eight three zero four 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 nine four three. Uh, reach out to our sponsors and uh, and yeah, we'll um, we'll try to get you guys on the show. Uh, we're well, rolling no, into the last part of this assumption. year, which is pretty phenomenal. I'm ready for the whole year to be over. <laughs> uh, I may be making a big assumption here, but uh, I feel like you know with these guys offering their time up and whatnot, that um, maybe I'm too mm-hmm. boring or something. Maybe you're too boring. I don't know. Maybe they just have more to say about RC stuff. You never know. That's probably that's. that's I'll t- I, I will tell you actually. though that I mean we've, you know they we talk about our RC adventures right that's what we're supposed to be talking about and uh, if topics or whatever they come up but they have our they have RC adventures too I mean think about it we talked about Philip uh, doing his little thing on his video but you know we should have him on and he could tell us his own story but uh, same with Nick and Steve and you know a couple of the other guys that have reached out to us so. Uh, we'll even get Susie on, actually. She can tell us about our auto uh, <laughs> options for the warranty. Maybe maybe there's a listener out there that wants to listen to the, to Susie talk about warranties. Uh, so anyway, brings us to today's topic, actually. Um, today's topic is uh, kind of based around Mike. And I know we had this conversation a few years ago when Jake kind of moved into his new place. But uh, Mike has moved into a new, uh, new home in Dallas. Congratulations. Yay. Yeah, thanks. That's great. Yeah, and uh, now that he's there, he's interested in um, basically kind of putting your your hobby room together, right? Yeah, I mean, I got about ten by thirteen room, and uh, you know, right now it just has piles of stuff in it because I haven't organized it yet. But I started thinking about that recently, and I was like, you know what, I should just do this right and mm-hmm. make it really usable for what I want to do with the hobby, being able to store the planes, you know. Uh, I'd like to have a, yeah, I, you know, in a way, make it a man cave, it, even though I'm the only one who mm-hmm. lives here. But, you know, make it a man right. cave and just work. Because I like, I like to watch TV while I'm uh, working on my plane sometimes or just have something in the background going on. Or sometimes, you know, we've done at Jay's house, we watch a YouTube while we're working on something of what we're working mm-hmm. on. So we have mm-hmm. uh, instructions and information about what we're doing. So, yeah, that's something I'm really looking forward to getting done. So, uh, first question is first, do you have a ceiling fan in that room? I do. Okay. So hanging stuff from the ceiling is probably not an option. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're, you could, but it'd have to be the corners only. It's right. I yeah, mean, it's well, right smack dab in the middle. And so, three right. But well, what I'm saying is, is that if you're hanging, you couldn't like hang RC airplanes that were, you know, now they're going to be moving around with a fan. Oh yeah. I guess um, that's true. They would be. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, you know, I know people that use their basements or spare rooms or garages or whatever. They hang stuff from the ceiling. It gets them up off the ground. And, uh, you know, I've been to several locations where I think um, Jeff actually had a bunch of stuff hanging from his ceiling as well. You make a little strap, put a couple of eye bolts in there, and then you just kind of set the airplane in these little straps and it stays. But if you have a, you know, fan swinging around in there, it's probably not going to be conducive to having those things hanging, you know, in the breeze. So. That means that we have to come up with some other idea, you know, as far as how, how to store the airplanes or at least have mm-hmm. them, you know, which brings us to Jay. He's pointing in the, over his shoulder there. He's got some PVC racks uh, there. I think when we did uh, Jay's episode where we, we talked about building those P, uh, the PVC racks, there were several people that actually sent photos uh, of their design, and some of them were stackable, you know, where they were – uh, vertical like Jay's and some were horizontal where they could put uh, airplanes in them, you know, facing like a, in your dishwasher when you put the plates all together. Oh, they yeah. kind of sat like, like that. Nose down or something? Uh-huh. Yeah, just nose down yeah. with the wings. Uh, some of the guys had the wings removed and put them long ways, you know, so they sat like uh, Jay has his little um, uh, Cherokee back there that's kind of sitting there right over right. your shoulder. So he has, you know, kind of like that. Um, so those are all options. Um, and then I think you mentioned also that you wanted, um, 
some sort of a workspace, right? That you had wanted a table or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, something to work on, uh, stuff like right now I have a desk space where I do my soldering and stuff and that's just a little table, but I think I wanted something maybe in the middle of the room to lay out a plane I'm working on or whatever, you know, that's kind of like an island at a reasonable height and, uh, uh, you know, just work it from there. So something like a little island. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I can see, you know, you have an island and you can put drawers in there and they stick that, you know, that's where the stuff would be stored that you're working on or whatever. And then maybe even with wheels uh, so that you could roll it out of the way if you wanted to do for whatever reason you needed mm-hmm. to roll it out of the way for. So, I mean, uh, those are those are all great ideas. And in, in this room, it seems like the middle of the room wouldn't get used properly if you didn't have something like that. I mean, you, you kind of need something like that in order for this room to be effective. It's not right. huge, but it's not so small that you're jammed up against all the walls, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. If I just had, well, if you if have... I had tables all the way around all my walls, uh, I'd still have a pretty good space in the middle. So that's an option, too, to... for you to put, you know, to put it around there, right? So. Yeah, if I took the table I have now uh, in the middle or one that was probably twice as big, that would probably take up the, Jesus, almost could be four of the tables I have. They're just small three foot or, you know, two foot by six foot or two foot by four foot tables. So if I had four of those, mm-hmm. that would probably fit in the middle of the room. Not that I'd put four together, but I mean, just from a measurement standpoint. So, so I, right. So I, I was looking online, I was looking online and I, I found something from Ikea and it's a, a little table. I, I think I sent it to you guys. And um, it's yeah, it actually I liked folds it. up. Yeah, that was cool. Did you? It 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 actually unfolds and folds, and it's uh, really narrow. But um, they call it uh, criminy. Jay, do you have it right up off the top of your head? There, uh, it's, no, uh, it's a something leg. Oh, anyway, it's uh, it, the legs move out, and it supports the table. And anyway, it's, it's called an the IKEA Norton product. Get a leg. That's it. G a t e l e g. Yeah, the gate leg, and gate so leg. the gate leg, the gate legs will move out, and they will hold uh, the table out, and uh, that you can use it in the middle of your room, uh, and then you know as you're working on it, and then you can put it away uh, if you don't need that space anymore. And I really like that table. Uh, I also found a couple of, um, I'll, I'll, you know, see if we can't post it up there, but I also found a couple of things that um, basically. Uh, allowed you to build um, uh, to build a table. So a lot of the table portions that people put online and and they gave already, um, you know, some free designs and that kind of thing. So I I know that you're probably not in a position to kind of, you know, have a miter saw and start making all the, you know, your own table kind of thing. But, you know, since we're on the topic, there are options for that. There are people out there right. that have put the tables together. Well, so. and so my use for it would be typically, uh, uh, I can imagine, you know, Jay being the person he is, uh, shared with me uh, a, a uh, 3D printed CNC machine. Oh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. the kind of things I would use it for would be to toss that CNC machine up on that on the tabletop to cut out uh, foam parts for a plane I was making or whatever. Um, because that that one that he was showing, although it could probably do other things as well, I would definitely use as mm-hmm. similar to the one I had before. But you know, with the way that one's built, I could actually have different sized legs for whatever project I was using. So hmm. theoretically, I well, could do a, a bunch of different things with it. Oh yeah, yeah. The one that I saw online was built. Uh, the guy actually built a, a space for his table saw, and so his table saw sat inside the table. So it became all one space, but if he needed the table saw, he just, and now it became like a full table saw. And uh, cool. then he had like two or three, yeah, he had two or three other uh, little instruments that he would use, like a scroll saw and uh, um, a drill press and stuff that were all exactly the height of the table. So there was a little shelf at the end. He would remove the one, put it underneath, and then put the next one up, and he would have something that he was able to, to do. 
uh, you know, to work on. And, um, we can, I might do that for my garage up there too, but yeah. And, and it is for, it would be for a garage. It wouldn't be, uh, probably for a 13, 10 by 13 room. But, um, the, the big question is if you had an Island in the middle, then you, do you have enough room to have a table and the Island that you could work between or is it, you know, okay. I mean, depending on how big the Island is, I mean, you know, if we're talking about a kitchen sized Island for sure. Because they're mm-hmm. not very big. I mean, they're only usually a couple feet across, three, three maybe. Right. If it was three feet by six feet, mm-hmm. I would still have plenty of room to walk around that island and have stuff, you know. So you can still have tables the against the wall, you know, to, to yeah, you I mean, to work. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what I say, 13 by 10, 10 and a half. Yeah, 10 and, a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's, it's 10, um, it, it's 13 the long way. I mean, it's 13 toward the window. And so uh, the 10, like I said, if I only made it three or four feet wide, you'd have three or four feet on either side, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, sure. that's plenty of room to, to you know, do right. maybe store planes, uh, like you said, horizontally instead of the way Jay has them, mm-hmm. but up and, you know, up and down, nose down or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, stacked against the wall. And then you just stack them out towards the, you know, towards the middle of the room. Yep. That'll work uh, too. So... Uh, you know, I mean, those are all great ideas, and I like the stacking ideas that way. Now, when you do that, do you just set them on the nose, or do you set them on the wing? Are they are they stable on the wing? They're stable on the wings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that cause any kind of long term problem? No, because you, you, like you can if pad you can pad that stuff. But you can put the foam padding on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, well, like then, you know, I used to I, when I had my hanger, you know, kind of at the other house that I was at. I would actually put the, you know, turn the prop just right so that it was, it anchored it and then just lean it really carefully on its wingtip and then up against the wall. And then I just put the next one right next to it. So it looked like they were all slotted together. Now the bad angle, correct. They're at about a 45 degree angle and they're just kind of sitting. Uh, the bad news is, is that, um, you know, you can't leave them like that for long periods or let the room get heated because if it's putting a lot of pressure on that, that wing right, tip, if, if it. it's balsa wood, it's probably not that big of a deal. But if it's, right. yeah, if it's EPP or EPO or whatever, then, you know, sometimes I, right. I would get, I'd pick my airplane up and the tip would be just bent where it had been sitting on it for more than, you know, right. <laughs> than I wanted it to. Uh, so having said all that, like Jay said, you can take, take a little piece of foam. Uh, and I've done that before too, that little pink foam that uh, we had talked about on one of the previous episodes. And you can just put a line yeah. in it, just take a pen and make a line and then that'll fit where the wingtip will sit right in it. And you can put that on the, not right on the wingtip where it's sitting in the wingtip, but maybe just a little before it, and it'll it'll support it. Uh, so. I'm not sure I understand about the whole line thing. What do you mean by that? Um, so it's, uh, let me, I don't have a, do you have a piece of foam right there, James? Stand that by. you got sitting around? He's going to grab it. But um, what I'm talking about is just a little block. So if you just have a little block like that. Yeah. And then all you have to do is put uh, put a crease, you know, like just take a somewhere in the middle. You can just take a crease in and uh, make a little indention um, so that it uh, – <laughs> Jay's going to demo it for us. He's going to take it there with a pen and you just put a little, you know, indent uh, – a little indention right there on the part, right? But oh, you're gonna okay, make you're gonna make it you're gonna make it the whole length of it though like this like I would take my pen and go sideways like you're gonna saw a little part yeah Jay's drawing a line on it and then you just kind of make a a little indention in there and then basically the wing tip will fit in there it's gonna fit right does that make sense it's really not that thick anyway is what you're saying right so for those of you that are on. Um, YouTube, you'll be able to see this, but if you're listening to the podcast, uh, jump over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Yeah, you'll be able to see kind of what we're talking about. But you can see how thin this this wing is right here, right? Right. It's not very thin. So what I would right. So what I would do is I would take that block and you put it right here so that the block is holding this part and you're not leaning on this part. Does that make sense now? A little higher right here. Okay. So if this is if this is the flat part and you're sitting on the floor, this is putting pressure. On that wingtip. See how it's bending? Right. But yep. if you support this part of it right here like this, then it's then it's on this part. And so you basically have the block that's that's inside this little part, this little um, thin line, and then it just kind of sits on the block. So okay. instead of being supported by the wingtip, it's being supported by the wing 
Leading wing. Main. Uh, yeah. The the wing root. Uh, not the root, wing. but it's the edge. Leading edge. Thank yep. you. The leading edge. So, and then your propeller, you're just leaning it to in into a, an area where it's just kind of sitting at an angle like that. Well, doesn't it sense. doesn't it uh, weigh on the propeller a little bit too and warp that? Uh, it doesn't really warp the propeller. Uh, this one has got the uh, in my particular case, it's got the you know the propeller rubber prop saver. It. So the rubber may yeah the prop saver, the prop saver may you know may break if it's being twisted. Uh, but normally you know if you just kind of put the prop this way and lean it over, then there's there's support right there because that's sitting flat okay. on the. Flat on the uh, I see. on the floor. I see. Now on these airplanes as well, the other thing that you can do, uh, and I don't have, unfortunately, my wife got rid of all our wire hangers, uh, but you can actually take a wire hanger. Uh, I have all plastic now, but wire hangers, and you can actually just take the the whole hanger and make it a long area, bend it, and then put this on here like this. So you wrap the hanger around the prop and hang it from the. And prop. now you can hang it in the closet. So now it's hanging up in the closet. <laughs> That'd be too like, funny to walk in this like house this. and see all planes yeah. hanging. But that would work. That would work pretty good. Uh, you know, you know how they have those rolling uh, those rolling hangers too. That would be kind of cool. Like just hang them on that and then have it on the rolling thing as well. Right. Yeah. I actually have some of those in the other room. But my buddy uh, um, <clears throat> Jeff, he my buddy Jeff, he had one of those big hangers and he had all of them hanging. So they were like, you know, right up against each other, but they were all hanging off the floor. Now, the downside to that, unfortunately, is if the little prop saver rubber breaks, hits the ground. Tail first. I which hate is, that. Yeah. yeah, I hate that. Which is never a good it's thing. Not, it's, not, it's not unlike how I'd fly it, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's true. So, and I, I will tell you also that... Um, my other friend Jim, he has a little workshop, and in his all, all of his foam airplanes that are flat foamies like that, uh, he will take a rubber band, a bigger rubber band. What do you call those? J number two or whatever the big thick ones that go around the the wings, you know, from one to the other. Right. I think number six. Uh, I think they call them number six. Okay, so he's got a number six rubber band. He would loop it and then basically loop it around the motor itself, so that it's sitting behind the motor and not hanging on the prop. And then he would hang that from his ceiling. So he had a little hook, a J-hook, and then that rubber, you know. So now he can actually tie off the rubber band because those things are stretched, you know, quite a, quite a bit. And he can pull it down. <laughs> All right? So it goes up to its, small, to its shortest uh, stretch. And when he needed to get it down from the ceiling, he would just grab the airplane, pull it down, right, and then undo the rubber band. So it was kind of cool that it was able to, you know, it was kind of like one of those, uh, I don't know what you call it, the springs or whatever, you know, a little hose reel. It was kind of like that. It'd be uh, good but, to have like a little video of that if you had, you know, just to see how he tied the rubber band and like just see that. Yeah, he, I mean, it wasn't tied. He just looped it around there, but it just created I understand, a but I mean, there. just see how he did it. You know, yeah, just, yeah. It's good to, I'll see if I can find something that okay. I'd have to run. I think he's out of, out of the country on a cruise or something, but. If I get a chance, I'll go up there and see if I can take a picture. <laughs> hey, I'm just coming over here with my camera. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I'm in here to take some take some ideas. So. This isn't weird or anything, but no. uh, I'm just going to videotape <laughs> this stuff. That's hilarious. Well, um, we're excited that you're in your new place. And, uh, you know, our listeners, uh, when they hear this, are, are welcome to call our phone number at 830-444-4943. Four nine four three, or jump on our Facebook listeners group. We are growing daily. I think pretty much every day I get at least one or two or three people that uh, are joining uh, the Park Flyer Podcast That's listeners true. group on our Facebook. So yeah, if you uh, have suggestions for Mike, or if you want to post a picture of what you have, uh, you know, your room looks like, we're always interested, and it will definitely help Mike uh, set up his room as well. So yeah, please reach out to us and give us a photo of what. Um, you know, what you have or what you suggest. This actually reminds me that um, I know we haven't talked about the details of it yet, but I just kind of want to put it out there, th this idea that we're going to have a, a, a some kind of a contest coming. That's true. We are. We, we've talked about it before, but now we are a lot closer. We are a lot about closer. About having something that could work. Um, Thanks to you. So <laughs> what's that? Thanks to you. Oh, Thanks to you. Well, no, I mean, I'm not, look, I'm not looking for any kind of praise here. I, I, I just really, it's really more about, you know, it's about time we put a contest together. 
we, we're looking for ideas too. I mean, we have our own ideas mm-hmm. and um, I'm sure they're the best, but in case somebody <laughs> else has better ideas, uh, you know, they should, uh, should tell us what funny. kind of contest they might, they might think is interesting. And I, I, you know, I'm certainly open to, to better ideas than whatever I might've put out there. So just to let our listeners know, Mike and uh, his uh, travels to uh, Alaska ran into uh, a mutual friend uh, who decided that, um, you know, he wanted to help the Park Flyer podcast uh, group out and donated uh, some airframes for giveaway. And, we love uh, you, Jeff. So Yay, Jeff. We do, Jeff. We uh, we know he's a listener and we love him. And uh, so anyway, we uh, we talked about it and um, and we thought, hey, this is a good opportunity uh, to go ahead and you know kind of reach out to our listeners. So uh, we're going to kind of we got a a pretty good idea of what you know what's coming, and um, and we don't want to kind of keep it under our hats. But uh, I think that we're looking for uh, a contest the, where the winner will receive an airframe. Uh, and, uh, we've also had, you know, some, uh, outreach from our sponsors that said they would like to help out as well. So you might get an airframe and a battery and, uh, you know, an airplane of plans or something like that. So we're trying to put something together and, uh, we've been brainstorming on it for a couple of, actually about a month or two, trying to figure out how to increase our listening base and get you guys involved. Uh, so yeah, if you have an idea, uh, of what kind of contest and it can be anything, we're open to all ideas, uh, Give us a shout and, uh, you know, let us know. You can email us at the park flyer podcast at gmail.com. All three of us get that email. Uh, so we can all, you know, respond or you can call us on our phone number again, uh, at eight, three, zero, four, 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 nine, four, three, uh, or jump on our listeners, uh, page and, um, you know, give us an idea there as well. But, uh, the plane that we're going to use is super secret. So for $20, I'll let people know. <laughs> Other than that. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, speaking of $20, uh, if you really would like to help us out, and, uh, you know, we're constantly looking for uh, ways to improve our show, and uh, it does have a little bit of a monetary um, uh, cost to it. So uh, if you want to help us out, you can donate to the Park Flyer Podcast. Uh, Park Flyer Podcast, if you go to our website, there is a donate button. So if you just click on it. It'll take you to a um, PayPal page, and you can just, you know, whatever you think is necessary, it'll go into the coffers, and we can pay for the, you know, sessions and the recordings and that kind of thing, too. So we appreciate anybody that uh, and everybody that that has contributed and will continue to contribute. Anyway, how was your trip, by the way? To Alaska? Yeah. yeah. Well... I mean, it was a sort of surprise, but it was cold there. Was it? What? Yeah. You've, ar- you've already acclimated. Degrees. You've already acclimated to the Texas weather, haven't you? Oh, yeah. It was 50 degrees. I was like, ah, man, I should have brought more clothes. I did not prepare. You know, unfortunately, in my oh. job, that, that happens to me a lot because one day uh-huh. I'll be, well, yeah, one day I'll be in Madrid, Spain, and the next day in North Korea, or in South Korea. I sure hope you're not uh, in North Korea. Yeah, I'm not in North Korea, but <laughs> South Korea and, uh, you know, one in Beijing or wherever. And, yeah, there's differences. You know, it's on two sides of the world, and one side will be hot. Um, yeah, I went to Hawaii and had shorts and a T-shirt, wound up in Korea and went, oh, my gosh, it's cold here. You know, it wasn't cold, but I was lucky that I could still wear, you know, shorts and colder. T-shirts. Colder. But uh, so, anyway, yeah, it was <laughs> – I understand what you're saying. You don't think about it. Then when you get there, you're like, hmm. Should have packed longer underwear. Well, plus it was we were well, having I mean, a little bit of know, a heat wave too, right? Right, but you know, in there, you know, fifty degrees in September, uh, you know, that's pretty normal. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's totally expected. And I remember living there. Uh, I, I pretty much always had long johns on in September. Like that's when I started wearing long johns. Sure. And and long jeans. I almost never wore shorts in Alaska. Almost never. <laughs> I think maybe twice in my entire 27 years there yeah. uh, did I wear shorts. And, uh, you know, here I wear shorts all the time. I mean, I, I'm sorry, everyone, but I do. Yeah. You know, you got to look at my, my uh, pale legs. But, Folks, to let you know, uh, you know, uh, for all the time that I've known Mike when we were up in Alaska, that's true. I did not see him, not to, not to mention shorts, I did not see him in a short sleeve shirt that's correct. until he moved that to Texas. Correct. And I was just looking yeah. at him because he was like walking around the I house didn't even or own doing him, whatever. And I'm like, I didn't own I just, any short sleeve. Yeah, shirts. and I just looked at him. I go, he's like, "What's up?" And I go, "Dude, I've never seen you in a short sleeve shirt before, ever." <laughs> 
What's that scar? <laughs> What's that scar right yeah. there? I'd never wow. seen, you know, never you mind human. shorts. I'd never seen him in short sleeve shirt. So That's that was funny. just kind of a weird thing to see him walking around just, you know, because quite literally this guy wore, he's not kidding when he says he wore, you know, 50 degrees and he wore, you know, mm-hmm. long underwear. That's true. He just yeah. was very cold blooded when he was up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Which I was... wore two or three shirts all the time and uh, always a long sleeve shirt underneath, no matter what I was wearing on top. And Which was hilarious because coming from 115 degree heat up to Alaska, I was like, whoa. This is awesome. I'm running around in <laughs> flip flops, sure. shorts, t-shirts. I'm I was sure. having a good old time. We in Arizona, we just went through 75 days of over 105 wow. degrees. 105 that, degrees. That must be That's a record. Stupid. I think it was. It was a record. Yeah. So luckily part of that I was out of the country, but um, at least for five or six days of it. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, what do you do when it's seventy more than a hundred degrees outside? You work on airplanes inside. Yeah, you go inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you That's go inside. what I did when it was too cold in Alaska. You just there go you inside. Go inside. That's what you do. I will tell you that uh, I did get to fly the other day. Um, I came home from my trip, and uh, a couple of the guys invited me out to the club, and I grabbed a bunch of batteries, and I probably flew, you know, thirty times with my. Uh, well, not thirty times, maybe twenty times. But I, uh, yeah, we charged up the batteries and we went out and chased each other around uh, with um, the uh, L39, the little uh, free wing L39. And uh, while I was there, one of the other guys had the new um, L39 from Global Jet Club. And the Global Jet Club has taken uh, very similar, the, the foam version of the free wing, and they scaled it up about uh, a couple of, you know, I think the little ones are maybe one one tenth or eleventh, and this one's a little more like a one eighth or one ninth, maybe. And uh, anyway, they scaled it up and uh, dropped a turbine in it. So I actually got to fly Ooh. the turbine version, uh, and you know, it flew just like the. It's a foam airplane. It flew just like the little uh, Freewing L thirty nine. I was very surprised. That's very just surprised. crazy to think. You know, you take something. You know, like you said, a turbine, spewing. Mm-hmm. You know, fuel. Jet flames, you know the whole nine yards there, and you stuck it in something that's foam base that you know it right. abhors heat. <laughs> so how do they? Yeah, how do they manage that part? Do they put fiberglass around that section of it, or what? Well, they no, they actually put uh, some heat reflective tape. Uh, it's I think it's a ceramic tape, maybe. And um, so anyway, the turbine itself only has heat coming out of the back of it. Right, the in, the the air coming through the first part is well in, in Arizona it's hot, but normally it's cold air going into the front. That air gets compressed, and then they you know it get when air gets compressed, it actually you know loses heat, and so uh, well actually it gains heat, and then uh, they put it into the um, you know like an expansion chamber that'll cause it to lose heat or a heat exchanger. But in the turbine, they'll actually squeeze it. And then it has a certain temperature to it. Then they add fuel to it, and then the hot air comes out the back. So the exhaust tube, it does have a aluminum dual-walled exhaust tube that comes through the, the foam. Uh, so that dissipates heat uh, as well. And then they have reflective, you know, like I said, it's either ceramic or some sort of reflective uh, tape that's on the inside of the foam. Now, I will tell you if that, you know, if that, tube broke loose and touched the foam, you would melt the foam. I mean, guys have done that. Or if your turbine shifted and pointed towards the foam, <laughs> you know, it's 800 degree heat coming out of the back of that thing. But with the bell mouth, uh, which is this big piece of aluminum, it's, um, you know, like a big cone that, uh, sucks all the hot air and kind of focuses it into this little bitty, you know, tube. Uh, they do really well. I, I, uh, the only thing I noticed about it that, um, What's a little bit different is that my L39, my Freewing L39, is set up to where it's a little a little more sporty. You know, it's got a little bit faster roll rate, uh, a little bit more elevator on it. And uh, when you're flying the turbine, you're obviously going – I don't know if, we, if he was going twice as fast as us, but he could catch us and pass us. You know, so full throttle on, you know, the two of us coming downhill, downwind – he could be behind us and hit the throttle and go zipping past us like we were just sitting still. So, you know, when you're going that fast, I can understand that you want to dial your elevator and ailerons down. But for me, I was expecting it to roll real fast, and it didn't. And um, I think it was just his setup. 
So, but they were fun. Evidently, there's uh, probably about five guys out of the club that have now purchased them. Uh, Jay so and I. Wait, what about fuel? Like, if you drop fuel on that foam, doesn't it melt it? Um, you know, it's just diesel fuel, and I don't necessarily know that diesel fuel will melt it. It's painted. You know, it's got a paint scheme on it, and uh, I would probably suggest you don't put it on there. But uh, <laughs> you know, don't leave it in there. But I, I don't. Uh, it's not I like gasoline. You were give me that suggestion after I did it. Oh you know? uh, well, that's what I normally do, right? You know, Mike. Yeah, you know, Mike. You shouldn't put fuel <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, don't plane. do that. Oh wow, I wish I'd known that. Right, yeah, exactly. right, right. Uh, no, it's not like gasoline. You know, gasoline will actually melt foam, uh, but the diesel doesn't. It's an oil-based paraffin or whatever they call it. I guess it's just oil-based. Um, but it it doesn't have the same properties as like gasoline. Gasoline. Okay. But um, but that's an interesting question. I'll have to ask for sure. Most of the guys are really careful. Um, you know, because a it's foam, and so if you dropped it or hit it or something, you know, you can ding it. It leaves big dents in it, so it works just like our, you know, our free wing products. Um, you know, the hanger rash, getting it back and forth. All you have to do is touch it, and you know, now you just put a dent thumbprint in it or whatever. Um, but the good news is, is that yeah, it's just the, like the. Good the part- what's that? Yeah, that's what it's exactly what I was about to say was, you know, the good part about it is, you know, yeah, yeah, you can put your thumb through it or make, you know, touch it and, and leave marks. But the, the overall, the key to it is, is that if you ding mm-hmm. it, you, 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 you crash a little, a little bit, you know, uh, you do something to it. Hey, all you got to do is make a quick order and you get a replacement part. And it's not, you know, $10,000 right. because it's, you know, handmade fiberglass and uh you know you gotta wait for somebody you know, a month for somebody to make that part for you again you can literally yeah, six months in yeah. his case yeah he waited six months for a wing on one of his turbine jets yeah so yeah they they have these uh you know if you dinged up a wing they just send you a new wing right it's just a foam wing or, or, or i mean if you, you fix you it just you fix just... it right i mean it, as far as the fiberglass and carbon fiber work uh something that's molded it takes a little more talent to do that and a little more knowledge. Right. Uh, but for fixing foam, I mean, you've, everybody's got foamy sitting in their house. You just kind of whip it together and, you know, go from there. So, but I was really impressed with it. I, I, uh, like I said, I think more people have flown it and it's, it's a, a product that everybody's kind of jumping, you know, into because it's just one of those fun throw in the car and go fly. And to have a turbine that, Normally, when you fly a turbine, especially the size that we fly, you know, it's an all-day event, right? You bring, you come out early in the morning, and you spend an hour putting the thing together, getting it fueled up, the, you know, batteries charged, getting ready, testing it, you know, making sure it's not going to fall apart because you got all this money tied into it. This thing, literally, it's like throwing a battery in. You, you know, throw some fuel in there. The fuel lasts about four and a half minutes, so it's only about a minute longer than the L39s we fly anyway. Because my L39 on a 5,000 milliamp six-cell battery only flies about three and a half minutes, and he flew four and a half minutes. So you only get, I mean, it's literally got a little 80 turbine in it. You could put a 60 turbine in it, and you might give, you know, you might get an extra minute or two of flying out of it. Um, You wouldn't get the same speed he's getting, but, you know, it, it was pretty amazing. And the, and the reason is uh, that everybody's grabbing these is ultimately the cost. Because this is this is allowed, you know, it, it, it's kind of one of those things, you know, Jay and I have talked about it before, but the turbine world was one of those, oh, yeah, those guys, right? <laughs> who, who can afford that kind of hobby? Because the amount of, I mean, you know, Jay and I were looking at one, the guy had, you know, once we got it, or once you got it, not only was it, you know, somewhere north of 15000 or $20,000, but you had to buy a trailer for it. There's another ten or fifteen, and then you got to buy a truck to haul the trailer, and that's another fifty to eighty. It's so, a lot like owning you know, a by boat. the time you got it, is your right exactly right? You know, your hobby just cost you a hundred grand, and then you know your house, you just mortgage your house to go pay for your hobby. So, you know, it was one of those things that the the people in that kind of realm stayed in that kind of realm, and everybody else kind of did this, but. The invention of the foam and the combination of the foam turbine and this, you know, injection molding that that these guys have started doing uh, has really come a long way and has brought the cost of those. uh, It's brought the cost of entry into the turbine world uh, considerably lower. 
And um, matter of fact, uh, and the you turbines guys are getting smaller too, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was the big. That's the big thing. And the, the turbines are smaller and a little bit. You know, they're 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 about the same, uh, the same as they have always been. There's more companies out there now, um, but just the ability to use these smaller turbines, you know, and these, and you guys have heard me. Uh, mentioned, you know, my buddy Harry from California before, and uh, he really, last time he was here at the uh, Winter Warbirds, you know, he was talking about it. And he's like, you know, I've never really owned a turbine, never really had a desire, but, you know, this is this is affordable. And I'm, I'm really excited because I think I'm going to go ahead and jump into this world. And so, sure enough, he did. And he called me, uh, actually, when I was down at Jay's, um, we were in San Antonio picking up a bunch of really cool uh, RC stuff. Uh, from a guy and then uh, I got a phone call from uh, him to tell me about his first you know flight on this thing and he was really excited so I I'm pretty impressed actually honestly and and this and and the L39 is not the only one that they have they have the MB was it the 338 MB338 so now they have multiple L39 paint schemes and now they have multiple uh, MB338 schemes as well so uh, and I, I'm assuming, uh, mainly because when Jay and I were at the electric, or actually, well, I can't remember where we were. Well, one of the contests, or one of the contests, one of the get-togethers, there was a guy that had, uh, oh, I don't think it was you. It was, it was someone else. But we went, and the guy had converted all his freewing models to turbines. Oh, really? So he had the F-18. Yeah, he had the F-18, the L-39, uh, the 104, and one other that were all these really tiny, like, you know, P-50s or 25s, and they were all turbines. It was awesome to see, you know, that somebody would actually move into that. But, you know, you're talking about a $300 airframe and a $1,300 motor, but, you know, it's a good combination. It's protected. (laughs) (laughs) It's wrapped in foam. The good news is you're... Whether you crash your fiberglass or you crash your foam... You're crashing. Those things don't don't crash easy, right? I mean, uh, you're gonna, yes you're and no. They, you're right. You will damage some stuff. I I think in this particular environment, in the uh, in the desert environment, crashing a foam airplane is probably going to render it no longer usable, or will require a lot of you know detailed repair. Uh. You know, I crashed my L39. I recovered the majority of it. If that would have been my, you know, if I'd have, if I'd have had the same incident with a with a foam airplane, it probably would have wound up like Barry at the, you know, the electric festival where it just shredded right through the <laughs> through the, uh, you know, Where's the, battery the bush, the next and, the, and the only thing came out the other side was a battery. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's you know, I think if you were in a grass strip. Um, you know, and you were able to get it on the ground that maybe you would come out better or worse. I don't know. But if you drilled it right into the ground or if you did what they call a figure nine, which means you pull into a loop and you just continue around and just nose it into the ground at full speed, I don't think either one of those would survive. And your engine won't either. But, you know, if you if you were lucky enough to get it stable and wings level and have the gear up, I, th- I think if you belly landed one on a grass strip, you could probably walk away with it, you know. But I don't know. If anybody's uh, had that opportunity, you know, if anybody's done that, you can give us a call and let us know or reach out to us. Well, it's just crazy that they're able let's, to put a uh, turbine in, into a park-flying aircraft. So anyway, that was my flying. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, well, I'm just saying for, you know, the, honestly, I don't know if you could actually fly it in the park. No, no, like the you can't. I mean, you know, cause you'd, be, you'd fly too you fast. Fly what I'm saying is that there we're taking, but we're still taking something that's technically, you know, cause I've seen where guys mm. have put, uh, they put little turbines in a, um, oh, I'm going to forget the multiplex aircraft. Um, it was a speed demon type of plane and they put a turbine in that. And of course the name's escaping me at this time. Um, but they put one in there, and that's that's definitely a park flyer. Uh, you mean an ESCing you? Say that one more time. You mean an ESCed you? What? I said an ESCed you. I, oh, you did. I, I didn't, didn't escape I didn't you. Hear it. Sorry. Escaped you. It escaped you. ESC. 
It was, you it was said a good it joke, Mike, you. but you have no, to explain it. So it's not <laughs> Sorry, guys, I missed that. There's a time lag yeah, between when you're saying that. Joke so, anymore. You know, I'm like, what? I'm sitting here smiling. Whatever. Jay totally blew it. See, his lips were flapping, so he missed it. But whatever, it's okay. <laughs> All of our listeners got it. They're laughing. Okay, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> so. Well, it, you are correct. I mean, it is amazing that, uh, you know, that this whole technology has come this far. And, and I suspect it will only get, you know, better. At least I'm hoping. Well, sure, because I'm, I'm seeing that, that a, basically you know, it's going to take this market where you said it was very exclusive. And now all of a sudden you've just kind of kicked open the door and now you've, you've allowed people to come in basically with such a low entry to, you know, to that low barrier to entry mm-hmm. that, it's going to swell, and then these guys are going to see, wow, look at, you know, I can make a profit. Look at all these guys coming in. You know, they need parts, planes, small motors, et cetera, and then they can start, you know, making a profit, and therefore more people will jump, more more companies will jump into the market, hopefully dropping the price. Because now yeah. the biggest thing is not the aircraft. It's going to be, you know, the motor. So now, now right. all of a sudden they just, you know, like I said, if you have more competitors, the price of that stuff is going to come down, and, you know. Hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to get your, your turbine kit, you know, right out of the shop and go fly for, you know, less than $500. That, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen, but that sure would be nice. Yeah. I don't know but if that's going to happen. Stop your spending little turbine money may be on electric, your, but that's your 3D about printers. it. Now, you know, that's true, too. Um, actually, I was just looking at some stuff, and uh, I, I was actually pretty surprised at some of the, you know, stuff in both worlds that's happening with the 3d printers so i mean you know kudos to those guys for putting that stuff together and you know they're making all kinds of new stuff i don't think they're going to make a turbine out of it or you know motor or anything but you know we're already making 3d printed airplanes and you know they're making battery boxes and all kinds of stuff that you know control surfaces so it's pretty amazing how they're doing that so and and I will tell you that there's new technology. Um they um Comparf, which is a company uh that, you know, builds um composite airplanes and they have jets and three D uh and scale type airplanes as well. And they just came out with their new airplane and uh it's all bell cranks inside. So now uh, they molded the airplane. It's all uh, composite, but the composite now slides together. All of the servos for every control surface is inside the fuselage. You don't have any control surfaces out on the wing anymore. Wow. So they're all, you know, now you can link them all together, and you've got a rod basically that goes like a normal, like my airplane, goes way out into the wings, and now the bell cranks actually move it. So a bell crank works a lot like a pulley, right? So now if you have a 1,100-inch uh, uh, or 1,100-ounce, what is it, ounce-inch, inch, ounce, inch, inch yeah, we, ounce we get what whatever it is, about. you know, if you got like 1,100 ounces uh, to the inch, and now with that bell crank, like a big pulley system, you can double that. Right. So if you had four, think about that. You know, that's 2,000 to 4,000 ounces of torque <laughs> on a control service. So, you know, that and the good news is the rod can go all the way through. And now the rod, you know, the two servos don't have to be synced on a control surface. They can be synced inside the airplane with a, you know, they can be synced with a um, an actual, you know, arm. Right. Is this only on, um, on big so. planes, though, or are you talking about they're doing on little planes, too? Well, right now, obviously, because there's so much mechanics involved, it's on the 33 to 44% iMac airplanes. And, um, you know, those are fairly large. You know, you're talking 106-inch wingspan kind of. Um, But I I suspect that, you know, it's not long. When this technology comes out like that, people look at it and go, huh, I wonder if I can miniaturize that. And, you know, it won't be long before the warbirds start looking at it. And then, you know, smaller, having a little foam airplane like this, I don't really know if that's going to make a difference. You know, having a bell crank that weighs, you know, 10 ounces on a four ounce airplane, kind of a moot point. But, well, but if it was a 3D uh, printed, but I, I think that matter, you right? might see it. 
Maybe so. You know, I mean, the, it, it may be. And you could probably 3D print the actual, you know, bell cranks as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where that technology goes and, and how it, you know. Yeah, because it just also means you, you can on. use a lighter um, servo as well, right? Because now I don't need to have, right. even right. though a 9-gram servo doesn't seem to be much, but, you know, now all of a sudden I can use, you know, I can use a 5-ounce servo or less, you know, for to and mm-hmm. still get the same amount mm-hmm. of torque. That's incredible. Right. So. That would be pretty amazing. It sounds and simple. And now, instead of the torque being an issue, it's going to be the speed. You know, how fast can I get this servo to actually move? Because right. right now, they've got servos out, you know, that are down into the 0. 0.6, 0. 0.5, or 0.05, I guess. And, you know, those things are like, you can barely see them. And they're like, zip, 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 zip. <laughs> you can almost fan <laughs> yourself with it. But... But anyway, I'm excited. Um, you know, like I said, we uh, the technology side of the RC world is always changing. It's always, you know, getting better. And I think more and more technology comes out, then it, it just makes the hobby that much better. So I'm interested to, uh, you know, talk to the guys that are coming back from the NEAT uh, fair and see what they, you know, what they say. And yeah, what they've seen. What they've seen out there and what the new, uh, new technology is. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, plus it would be interesting to see just what they did for the show. I mean, you know, COVID-wide, you know, since everybody's still crazy, especially like in New York. Mm-hmm. That's why I was kind of surprised that they were having still having the event. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's upstate, though. I know, but, you know, it's kind of like yeah. the epicenter of where things are going bad or being bad. So I'm wondering, it'd be interesting if we talked to him, what he's going to say, what they had to do or not do, or if it was no big deal. That's, I suspect they were going to say, hey, it was outside, right. it's no big deal, is, is what I'm thinking he's going to end up saying, but, you know. It'll give us a good idea of what we might have yeah. to deal with with the upcoming year with uh, the Electric Festival here in Arizona. Yeah, very true. Well, hopefully this thing will uh, wind down soon. And um, I saw a meme the other day. It was pretty funny. It, uh, it's I think actually Harry put it out, which was hilarious. He said, hey, I, I just took the, uh, the COVID, um, what do you call that, The uh, when they give you the shot. The- Vaccination. I have a brain hemorrhage. What do you call that? Vaccination. Vaccination. He said, I just took the, the COVID vaccination. They made it over in Russia. He goes, and I want you to know for, uh, with the full, um, you know, confidence that there are no side effects. You know, and it goes into this Russian thing. And <laughs> <laughs> it was like all English. And then he starts speaking Russian. I was pretty, I was laughing. It was pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, that was I laughed at that, Harry. So I know he's a listener too. So don't, don't um, before we go, home. I will. That's right. Don't try it at home. I, before we go, I want to reach out to uh, Big Mike as well because uh, Big Mike has been preparing and uh, he just sent me some stuff. Uh, he has now put um, lights and you know some uh, moving map stuff and everything in the Cessna that we that we made. Really. So uh, that he brought last year, that big 14 foot. Yeah. Yeah. So now the inside has like a Garmin 1000 and the landing gear lights are working. So he's doing a, that'll be interesting uh, to talk uh, to him about uh, how you did that on the cockpit portion. So it'll be a stream. Yeah. So it's kind of neat. He sent me some photos and a little video of it. And I was like, all right, but it had a big red light on the dash. And I told him, I said, you know, big red light on the dash to a pilot usually means things are going really bad. <laughs> he said, oh, maybe I should maybe I should change that to green. I said, yeah, give it a thought. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but, yeah, I'm interested to see the, the final product of it. it. From what I've seen so far, it's coming along. So uh, kudos to him for uh, taking on that project. He did a good job. So I'll, uh, we'll have to post some photos when he finally gets it done. Well, unfortunately, our uh, hour is up. It uh, kind of went by really quick with our uh, our trip schedules, and uh, you know we appreciate Jay for doing the solo show. I thought it was funny with the crickets; that was awesome. Uh, that uh, <laughs> I started laughing because I felt so bad. I didn't so realize it sounded it like that because I was actually I didn't either. But I mean, I was out of the country when it came out. I was still over there, but it, it was hilarious. I I was like, oh my gosh! I listened to it, and uh, of course, I got it. I was I was worried about it because I thought, oh man, he must not have done it. And then I realized that it was it was Tuesday for me, but only Monday for him. So <laughs> I, right. I like, cut him. Some slack so I guess he he didn't do one. 
yeah, dude, what are you talking about? It's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> I know. I texted him. I was like, I guess we didn't do one. And he goes, no, it's tomorrow. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It is tomorrow. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm calling you or I'm touching base with you from the future. Exactly. So um, that's kind of weird. But Well, uh, I guess our uh, you know time's up. Give us a call, 830-444-4943. Uh, reach out to uh, our sponsors at uh, A Power Battery and 3D Aero Ventures. Tell them that the Park Fire Podcast guys sent you, and, and uh, then give us a holler and let us know how you like them. Okay, you know we have to reach out to um, to Bill because I think he just got his A Power oh, Battery, so we'll have to have to give him a shout. So, anyway, from uh, let's see, Arizona. I'm Michael <laughs> from the. <coughs> From the hills of Texas. <laughs> Jay from the hills of Texas. Who's my voice, folks? Uh, save me, Mike. Uh, this wow. is AK Mike from Texas. <laughs> got the COVID. The COVID's got me. <laughs> All right, man. We'll see. I know. We'll see you in two weeks. Try to fly. <gasps> you have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review. And feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.